Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what are you telling me? I don't know. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Five o'clock hour on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Just Judd and Rami today. Mackie out. I think the rest of the week. Is that right? The rest of the week? No, Mackie? Jonathan, do you know for sure? I don't know. From the last email that I saw, it was definitely Friday, but I thought Thursday was the day he was going to come back, and then I've heard through the grapevine Thursday's not going to happen, so I think the rest of the week. So maybe back Thursday. Possibly. Maybe. There's a possibility. Which is tomorrow. If you're, yeah, a B, if, you're part of, if you're president of the PMAC fan club, he may be back <laughs> tomorrow. That's Jonathan Harrison. On the other side of the glass, in other news coming up at 5.20, I have three in other news stories that if you concocted an algorithm to come up with the perfect in other news stories, they would be these three stories. Ridiculous, hilarious, one of them sports-related. That's coming up at 5.20. We wrap with Royce at 5.40. Judd, uh, as is usually the case this time of the year, because the NBA is very good at the hype machine. Fantastic. The rumor mill just runs wild. Mm-hmm. The day before the NBA draft. And by the way, draft show tomorrow right here on Score North starting at 7 o'clock with me and Manny and Danny will be at Wolves headquarters with all the latest. And some of those rumors involve your Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. This one is very juicy, very spicy, and flying completely off the radar from everything that I've read and heard other than this article. Forgive me for not knowing how to pronounce the name Sam Vecini, Vecini from The Athletic. He does their NBA mock drafts, and he gets to the Wolves pick at number 11. And he has him taking Sekou Dumboya, 6'9 forward, 18 years old, out of France. Okay. But, he says, one of the persistent rumors of the pre-draft cycle from those within the industry is that Rui Hachimura has a promise... And that it's from the Timberwolves. Oh, that's and then and uh, uh, Gerson Rosas and his access yesterday um, with the media shot that down. Said no promises have been made. And Vesini says that their actions since these rumors have started to spread indicate that those rumors are not true because you don't bring in other guys to work out. You don't call literally every team in the league to talk trades, to move up or to move down or to move completely out of the first round altogether. If you've already promised your pick to Rui Hachimura, who I have to admit, I know nothing about. Well, the Star Tribune story, uh, the the headline of the Star Tribune story today off of uh, what Rosas said to the media yesterday was no promises have been made. So the Wolves are actively trying to shoot that down. So 
It doesn't look like the pick has been promised to Rui Hachimura, but that is one rumor that is out there. What do we know about him? I know nothing about him. And there is not much of the article about him. Okay. So I will leave it at that. Okay. I don't want to make an ass of myself again. Danny Cunningham told me today on our uh, our cluster fun show that we uh, did at eleven this morning that he thinks the Wolves will make a draft night trade up or down. He didn't know which, uh, but he does think that they will be active and that they will uh, make some type of deal tomorrow. Okay. Which leads me to the next thing. John Krasinski today had an article exploring all the possibilities for the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Athletic. There is trade up, there is trade down, and there is trade out of the first round altogether or stand pat. So I guess four options is what the Wolves have in front of them, what the entire NBA has in front of them. Uh, As far as trading up, he says it's always the sexiest option, even in a draft that is not considered loaded with future star power, the chance to move up and grab a bigger name or an on-paper bigger talent is tantalizing, and the guy that a lot of teams are intrigued by right now, who seems to be climbing all the draft boards and why a number of teams are trying to get into that four spot, Judd, is uh, Darius Garland, the point guard from Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. who injury cost him most of his freshman year before entering the draft. And, and we talked about that uh, on the Tuesday show, correct? Yes, yeah. Darius Garland? He says it's hard to see how the Wolves, though, have enough ammunition to win a bidding war with Atlanta, one of the other teams who's rumored to be interested in that four-pick. They have 8-10 and ten to deal if they want to, or Boston, which has three first-rounders, or any number of other teams who want to offer picks or players to move up that high. They're just, of the teams rumored to be interested in moving up to that four-spot to get Garland, they all seem, not surprisingly, because of the situation the Wolves find themselves in right now, to have more assets than the Wolves do to, to move up there. Whether it's players to trade or more draft picks to trade, it seems like other teams have more assets to move up into that spot. You know, all the speculation, um, especially regarding the Wolves, are you seeing anything about Jeff Teague? That is something that also comes up in in John Krasinski's article. I think that's a little bit later uh, when he talks about trading out of the first round altogether because then you can package that first round pick with Teague as sort of something to a tantalize, sweetener. a sweetener sure. to tantalize them to take that contract off your hands and it comes with the number 11 pick. Another option is trade down. He says if the Wolves are unable to entice a team ahead of them into a deal that allows them to move up and grab someone in the top eight, they could also entertain Moving back a few spots, according to draft experts and evaluators, the draft flattens out after the number four pick, which is why some people think it would make sense to move down if you're the Wolves, get more draft picks or possibly a player who can help you. He says the Celtics have three picks from 14 to 22 and will likely need a point guard with Kyrie Irving's expected departure. So the Celtics are a team that might be interested in giving up some of their assets or picks to move up into that 11 spot. Speaking of the Celtics, how much trouble are they potentially in with, with the fact that uh, Kyrie, it looks like now, is going to bolt with guys who are... Because that was expected to be a really competitive, good team and now in 2018-19. Yeah, Horford's going So how much trouble are they potentially in, given that at the start of 2018-19, we all thought that this could be an Easter Conference contender to go to the NBA Finals? I heard Bill Simmons on... Uh... On with Levitard this morning. Who loves, loves the, the Celtics. Celtics. Huge Celtics fan. But he said it's a remarkable fall for them because they went from being a top two or three desirable situation and destination a year ago. When you looked at that young core that they had and all the assets and, and money that they had freeing up this year and all the draft picks. And Brad Stevens. To being out of the top eight as far as desirable Interesting. destinations. Okay. So they're in big trouble then. It sounds like it.
I mean, you still have Tatum and you still have Green or Brown. I mean, you have those two guys, and those are two very talented young players to build around. You have all these draft picks. You would think that Danny Ainge can turn that into something, whether it's trading the draft picks for something, whether it's using this free agent or this uh, this cap space that they have to lure a free agent there. Mm-hmm. You would think he can do something, but it certainly is falling apart pretty fast from what they had last season. If you were a team that um, had the capper and considered yourself to be competitive and up and coming and, and or saw the opportunity to uh, be a playoff team in 2019-20, Rami, What's your feeling on Kyrie? Because to me, personality-wise and as a guy, it's, it's such an odd duck. He's a weird dude. That I don't know that I would... Now, the talent, I'm not questioning. But I don't know if I'm building something that's an actual team of human beings who need to uh, play together and function well. That This is not a, a rotisserie baseball or fantasy football, fantasy basketball type of team. I'd be scared there. I would I would be really I would be reticent to bring in in Kyrie if I'm the Nets and say Kyrie we believe in you and are going to build around you given all of the things that we we know about him that have come out publicly he's just a really as you said odd odd guy in the right situation I'm I'll take Kyrie right but he's if, talented enough but if you're the Nets do you want if you're the Nets should you want him I don't know that I get him expecting him to lead the charge that's my or point. to lead the way to the promise if you're land. putting him into an infrastructure where he doesn't have to be the man right which I don't know that he would want to do but if you could get him to do that totally get that one but if you sign him away from the Celtics and say okay the palace is yours now here and you are going to be the the main focal point the jumping off point from which we build around and you get screwed i think that's your your fault yeah absolutely and if i'm the nets i don't think i want to go there if if i'm the nets i'm i'm i need star power so you're just sort of desperate for it i think so yeah okay some of the other rumors that are flying around with the nba draft tomorrow the knicks According to Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, or actually, this is according to Jonathan Giveney, he says the Knicks have declined a recent trade offer that would have sent the number three overall pick to the Hawks in exchange for the eighth and tenth picks. A source told ESPN. Well, I wouldn't give up three. They wouldn't give up three for eight and ten. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. And I think that the Hawks stockpile draft picks, thinking somebody somebody in the top five. We'll want these. We can pack. We can package enough to get up into but the you top said, five, and I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna impl- implode on them. But the the last thing that you said before too is that this doesn't seem as an extreme, uh, extremely deep draft, correct? Right. right. So, w- why would you give up three? At which you're pretty convinced that you're going to get a potential star player for eight and ten. If it's not seen as a deep draft, that makes no sense. We talked about the uh, fact that Al Horford is opting out. Chris Middleton. Not surprisingly, he's also declining his option for only $13 million. He'll become an unrestricted free agent. He's a guy who's going to be in high demand. He's eligible to sign a five-year, $190 million deal to stay with the Bucks, or a four-year, $141 million contract with another team. I'm not saying Chris Middleton is worthy of a max contract in the purest sense of that sentence, the purest definition of that sentence, but the way that the NBA works Chris Middleton's going to get a max contract from somebody. Mm-hmm. And if the Bucks can't land a bigger name than Chris Middleton, they'd be wise to bring him back. Would you have any interest in Chris Middleton on a max deal? Uh, probably not, no. But, but you're right, he's going to get one. I probably wouldn't. So what would the Wolves 
have to do, short of trading Wiggy tomorrow, what would the Wolves have to do on draft night to excite you, to get you to say, wow? Mm. Now, clearly, if Andrew's trading up, trading up into the top five, making a move that would make it seem like the D'Angelo Russell signing is imminent. Yep, that's true. One of those two, th- on one, one of those two things would would have me excited about the Wolves and, on, on draft, and night. the latter might be realistic. It's possible that that's possible. It is possible. I don't think they're. I don't think that they're going to get into the top five, but I think that it's re. I, I think we're going down a path here where the D'Angelo Russell thing is probably going to be tough to do, but I don't think it's a pipe dream. Meanwhile, the Lakers, after acquiring Anthony Davis, they are now scrambling, according to Woj to reshape the parameters of that Anthony Davis trade with New Orleans and create the capacity for $32 million plus in salary cap space when the free agent moratorium ends on July 6th, league sources told ESPN. They're engaging additional teams on Tuesday to take on the contracts of three of the remaining five players on the roster. Mo Wagner, Isaac Bunga, Jamaria Jones, uh, league sources said Kyle Kuzma and LeBron James are the only other two Lakers remaining on the team's end-of-season roster who uh, they plan on keeping. I don't know how they're going to put together a whole roster. We've said this before with other teams who are who are doing this with so many max contracts or trying to put together two or three max contracts. They find a way to do it, but I'm looking at this right now. I don't see how you put together a 14-man roster with what they have left in cap space. When did the Lakers become this? I mean, this used to be, when I was growing up, it was a heritage franchise. And yes, they've had some... They've had some rough stretches in the last 30 years. They have not always been great. But it's like they somehow traded places with the Clippers as I mean, far as being the, run. They're the favorites to win the no, championship I, right now. But it's like, but right, but there there's always problems. There's there. always something yes. it seems. No, and and I'm I'm not insinuating that that their talent pool or, or that their star players aren't good. And this trade certainly seems to be great. And now their, their chances in the Western Conference go way up. But as far as behind the scenes and the background of how they're, they're run, in some ways it's like they traded place with the Clippers. Like you're always talking about a problem there. And my favorite. And, and I, I thought when Jeannie Buss fired her brother, bang, that's it. I thought Jim Buss was the problem. The old man, Jerry, who on the Kings and the basketball team, was fantastic. But when Jeannie fired her brother, I thought they they have removed the problem. And yet still, it's this ongoing, you know, from to Magic to Rob Polinka and all of this stuff. My favorite rumor coming from the rumor mill is what's going on in Houston now. As it appears, Chris Paul and James Harden have <laughs> just like the Skip Bayless thing. asked for a divorce. We'll get to the Skip Bayless thing in other news coming up at 5. Oh, you got that for other news? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, it's the greatest. But their uh, relationship has been termed unsalvageable, despite how friendly they look in State Farm commercials. They want a divorce, and obviously James Harden isn't going anywhere. So now Rockets management are reportedly shopping Chris Paul around. I don't know Who's that I want Chris Paul. That's what I was just going to say. I don't know that anybody wants Chris Paul. At that contract, he's dropped off substantially. Yeah. Chris Paul needs to go to a mirror look in it and realize it's him. There's a good possibility of that. Chris Paul Chris Paul is the is the person in the divorce who really is at fault almost every time. 
A source told Yahoo Sports, there's no respect at all on either side. They need to get away from one another. Chris doesn't respect James standing in the league, and James doesn't respect the work, the work Chris has put in to this point. Remember a couple off seasons ago when LeBron was shopping for a team yeah. and there was the rumors that he's going to go to Houston? Imagine LeBron in that locker room. Oh, that would be amazing. Could he? Oh, my goodness. Could he have had a shot at straightening it out? LeBron? No. There was a, a video that was circulating yesterday of a, a sideline exchange between Chris Paul and James Harden where they obviously disagreed on something that should have been happening on the court. And Harden, or I'm sorry, Paul. He's like, all right, man, we'll figure it out. And he puts he puts like a, a fist out for a fist bump, and James Harden just slaps his hand away. Really? Yeah. They do not really like each other. I believe all of this. Well, safe to say this, too. It didn't work. No, it did not work. The there. timing probably was not great because Golden State was so good, but it did not work. Love me that NBA rumor mill. But what does Chris Paul have left? Not much. So no, no one's going to trade for him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what you do. If you're, if you're, if you're Houston, do you just uh, have to accept the fact that it didn't work, and and you you have to hit a reset of some sort? Yeah, but I don't. I mean, you're paying James Harden what you're paying him. They have to try and figure out something. They have to try and figure out how to put the right team around James Harden if they're going to keep letting him play this style of basketball. And Mike D'Antoni is a lame duck coach, so who knows if they're even going to keep playing this style of basketball beyond one more year? 2019-20 is the last year of his contract, right? Yeah, of D'Antoni. Yep. Well, and he might be smart enough to bail. Possibly. I I think they could part ways before next season even starts. But, I wouldn't be surprised. But at if all. you're looking at if if Paul and Harden can't stand each other and and Paul can't be traded, and you're D'Antoni, you might say Sayonara didn't work. See ya, bye. Yeah. I wouldn't be because surprised. Because why stay at all. why stay there and, and endure that? Especially if Paul stuck there. Like I said, a hilarious development involving Skip Bayless from all this Houston Rockets drama. That's coming up in other news in just one minute. In other news. That's right, America's favorite new radio segment. Middle of the week, middle of the show. We like to take a break from the hard-hitting sports news. We bring you here on Score North and give you some of the more interesting and entertaining stories from around the world. Some of them. From within the world of sports. One of them today from within the world of sports. This is a great one. But we start today's in other news. In other news. In Limestone County, Alabama. This is what Limestone County investigators walked into while serving a warrant on Monday morning. Investigators were looking for 35-year-old Mickey Polk who has warrants out for possession of a firearm, possession of a controlled substance, and possession of paraphernalia, and a squirrel supposedly on meth trained to attack visitors. Wait, what? <laughs> a squirrel supposedly on meth trained Wait. to attack visitors. <laughs> Wouldn't the squirrel die of the meth when you were trying to train it as an overdose? not. Clearly, you haven't watched Breaking Bad. When deputies and Squirrels investigators meth, huh? attempted to serve the warrant Monday, they described the scenario as one of a kind. While Polk wasn't in the home at the time, deputies did arrest 37-year-old Ronnie Reynolds of Armador. Reynolds is charged with possession of a controlled substance, possession of drug paraphernalia, and loitering at a known drug house. He was released from the Limestone County Jail on $4,000 bond. After Reynolds was arrested, the deputies had to decide... What to do with the supposed drugged squirrel? 
Limestone County Public Information Officer Stephen Young says no one wanted to get close to the squirrel's cage. Deputies say there was no safe way to test a squirrel for meth. It's kind of incredulous when you first see it, you know? Somebody supposedly got a squirrel that's an attack squirrel, and supposedly he's feeding it meth to keep it aggressive. That's something in 18 years of law enforcement I've never seen, Young described. How do you get the squirrel? First of all, the squirrel's a wild (laughs) animal. There's a will, there's a way, Judge. How do you convince the squirrel to come work for you and then ply it with meth? There's just so much more to this story, I feel. My question is, why a squirrel? Like, if you were going to feed anything meth and train it to be aggressive most things die? to protect your home, why a squirrel? I'd imagine there's a safe amount of meth to give to any creature, Judd. I don't know that for sure. I think if you gave meth to my dog, I think Stella would die pretty quick. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. Jonathan, Google, what's a safe amount of meth to give my dog? <laughs> no, let me wait till I'm at home and off the. Oh, Hover you're not going to get I'll, computer. I'll, I'll, I'll you do it. You wouldn't get in trouble for I'll that. Do it. You wouldn't get. No, that's re, that's research. We can play the tape for him. This research is show into research. research. Yeah, this is purely show research. Yeah, Rami's right, man. This is just this us for personally doing our job. What's the Google? What? What's a what's a safe amount of meth to give my dog? What's a safe amount of meth to give my dog? Dang. <laughs> uh, here's the first story that comes up is my my dog, I believe, ate some crystal meth. <laughs> God, I hate people. Oh, man, do I hate people. It says, you, you have described to me a very small dog who ate crystal meth. It's hard, it's hard to know how much she got, but she's a very small dog, so even a tiny amount could cause toxicity. Wait a minute, just out yourself as a meth user. Jesus. Look at there's like a ton of responses. There's like a bunch of stuff here. Even dogs can be victims of meth. That's another one. I think everybody's. What will happen if I smoke meth while my dogs are in the? And then the headline runs out. Oh, here it is. Ask a vet what happens when dogs consume meth. My wife's a vet tech. Should we call her up? Well, yeah. I was well, exactly. Let's see here. Um. Oh, there's a long story here about it. A long story. Yeah. Shouldn't that story just be, it'll die? Just don't. <laughs> that too. <laughs> don't put meth in your body or your dog's. No, it looks like you. No, it looks like if it's a safe amount of meth, they're fine. Okay, good. But, What's the safe amount, though? I got to do more research. <laughs> I wish we had the more you know sounder right now. <laughs> if I had <laughs> more, if I had been, if I had been alerted to this uh, prep and research, I could have come to the show. But it does look like Let a dog can take wife. some. I'll get back it to does you. look like a dog can take some meth. <laughs> Such a weird place. So, Judd, what do you do with a meth squirrel if you're the authorities? <laughs> oh, I don't... Uh, arrest it? They released it into the wild, which seems crazy to me. There where, is, where it went and sold meth to its friends. There's a meth squirrel running around the neighborhoods oh, of man. Alabama right now. Well, first of all, it's very fitting because it's Alabama. Second of all, the meth squirrel, wouldn't the meth eventually be cleansed from its bloodstream at some point in time and so it just becomes goes back to being a Yeah, after he resorts to a life of crime to rob people so he can get money oh, for his you. meth. I told you he's going to sell meth to his fellow squirrels. That sounds adorable actually. <laughs> hey you want you want some meth? <laughs> 
Well, I don't know, Joe the Squirrel. Is that a good idea? Shelvin and the Chipmunks took a dark turn. <laughs> I just texted my wife. I'll, I'll All right, well, allow us. Okay, good. Tell us. Thank you. Good. In other news. The family of a 15-year-old Kansas boy is breathing a sigh of relief after doctors were able to remove a 10-inch knife that was lodged in his brain. What? Eli Gregg was playing Saturday with other kids when his mother, Jimmy Russell, Jimmy Russell is his mother's name, heard him scream loudly outside their home in Bourbon County. At first, she figured it was just part of the horseplay. She quickly learned otherwise. Quote, he came to the door, and when he opened the door, it was, it was blood, and he had a piece of metal in his face. And it was really shocking, Russell told Inside Edition. Apparently, Eli was handling the knife when he fell, and it went through his face, becoming embedded in his skull. The tip of the blade stopped right at his uh, uh, corroded artery. Quote, it was instant. I was like, oh, my God, call 911. This is bad, Russell said. Yeah, I'd say so. No kidding. I'm not sure exactly how it happened at this point, but yeah, it was scary. He was rushed by ambulance to a children's hospital, but doctors uh, there feared the precarious position of the knife next to the uh, carotid artery put him at risk of a stroke or other serious damage. He was then taken to the University of Kansas Health System just in time, according to the doctor, who helped remove the knife. Quote, it could not have been a pound. It could not have had a pound more force on it and survive that event, the doctor said. How did he get the knife in his head? And there is a picture of the x-ray and where the knife is, and I will turn How did the knife end will, up in his head again? He fell. He was playing with it. Here, I'm going to turn it around, and this is the actual x-ray. Oh, my God. Of how far... Let's see this. Of how far oh the knife... Oh, my God. And this person lived. 15-year-old kid. Whoa. I know. How? A slight, how? A slight cut or tear would have led to massive bleeding... The doctor said, and his team had to control the blood supply to the area with balloons and catheters before they could actually remove the blade from the boy's face. Wow. I can't, like, if that was an adult, I'd make fun of him for doing stupid crap. But uh, when I was a teenager, I did plenty of stupid crap and probably should have been more seriously injured than I ever was. The surgeons reported that they had to use a vice to grip the knife to get it out rather than their hands. The procedure was successful, and Eli is on the road to recovery. Why do you always pick gross stuff that involves foreign objects or critters going into the human body? I don't know. You got problems, man. <laughs> I can't tell you why, but that's what I brought to the table today, I'm gonna so sk- to speak. I'm going to skip ahead to my third story and save the the, the second story I was going to tell for next week's Another News, because Patrick Royce. Uh, waits anxiously to join us here on Mackie and Judd with Rami, as he does every day at 540. Um, So the last one I'm going to do, we were talking in the last segment about the unsalvageable relationship between Chris Paul and James Harden, right? Yes. This was Skip Bayless earlier today on, uh, what's their show? I don't even know what their show is, to be quite honest with you. Skip Bayless. Undisputed. Undisputed. With Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. This was Skip Bayless talking about this relationship between James Harden and Chris Paul. How those two managed to stay in the same room long enough to make all those commercials together. Because the reports are this has been going on for two years. Yes. There was the one report yesterday that it got so bad in practice going back two years ago that... Chris Paul was making fun of James' man boobs in practice to the point that he broke down in tears and had to leave a couple of practices. <laughs> okay. Gotta I want to cut off. that. I want to cut Skip Bayless saying man boobs. We can always have that as a drop. If that story were true, 
That's fu- that's funny enough alone for in other news on any given week. What makes this story so much richer is that that quote unquote report that Skip Bayless was referring to was from a very well known Twitter parody account known as Sports Talk Barry. He completely made this up, fabricated it, and put it out there on Twitter from a parody account of Walsh. And Skip Bayless, yeah, he made his account look With as the Walsh though picture. it were Adrian Wojnarowski's account. Yes. And put this out there, and Skip Bayless fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Amazing. How did Skip not... Absolutely amazing. How did Skip not vet this through, like, a producer, though, I don't or something? Know. How did one say, of the producers not catch this? Or did they just say, eh, go with it, because this is going to be funny, and it's going to get us talked about? If you worked with Skip Bayless, I think you might just say, sorry about that, I, I missed that. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, terrible, Skip. Play it again. <laughs> Play it again. It, it, I, it, one second. Here we go. How those two managed to stay in the same room long enough to make all those commercials together. Because the reports are this has been going on for two years. Yes. There was the one report yesterday that it got so bad in practice going back two years ago that Chris Paul was making fun of James' man boobs in practice to the point that he (laughs) broke down in tears and had to leave a couple of practices. Okay. Okay, here's my favorite but he's part. He's saying it's so matter of factly right. that he believes it. It's but don't you don't you guys love the part about that? It's it's not even the the man boobs thing that gets me. It's the fact that they he bought into that James Harden would start crying and leave practice over man boobs, over anything. Like, can you imagine if James Harden ran out of practice crying? Do you think that that would have remained quiet? No. Me neither. That was No, amazing. that would have been reported almost immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's great. That's the greatest soundbite I've heard in a long, long time. And you're all welcome for us bringing it to you. Here on Mackie and Judd with Rami, we will wrap with Roy C. next on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Don't cry. Score North mobile app. Don't cry about it. Hey, everyone. It's Phil Mackie here for a car dealership and service department my family and I have been going to for 30-plus years. That would be Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Now, there's a million things I love about Luther Brookdale Toyota. Let's start with the service department and the fact that you drive in to uh, one of the 30 workstations there and you get the best combination of expertise, friendliness, and a family-like environment. How about the showroom area? In addition to some of the nicest people you're going to find in the industry giving you all the information on these brand-new Toyotas, you get some of the most durable vehicles on the planet right now. In fact, 80% of Toyotas that were on the road 20 years ago are still on the road today. And that's because they're durable vehicles and you get great service like you get on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. So stop by, again, open until 9 o'clock on weeknights, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Time now to wrap with Royce. Patrick Royce joins us on the show. How are you this evening, Mr. Royce? I am just fine. I'm at the yard, and uh, we got an interesting lineup tonight. The infield, Snow at third, Ari Oz, or whatever we call him, at short, and Willen Ostadio at second. So it's uh, quite an infield. Is that his first start at second tonight? I believe it's his first start. He has been there previously, but I don't think he started a game at second. 
we are resting the fellows we feel needed from these 17 innings last night. And uh, and uh, I was there when uh, Willens uh, arrived and walked into the uh, clubhouse uh, downstairs waiting to get in, and I said, he's back, and Willens turned around and said, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> did you make it through the marathon no. last night, Pat? At what point did you call it no, quits? No, uh, I saw Kepler's home run, and then I waited to see if they were going to score again, and they did not. And I said, "The hell with it." Went to bed. I saw your tweet, and uh, but I woke up about uh, a couple hours later and checked and saw that they'd won the game. Nice game for Max. I think Max had to be our player of the game. And he, uh, he only had three clutch hits right there. The, uh, uh, in the last uh, three hours, he had three clutch hits. But he came in the game in the sixth, right? Yeah, for uh, G- Gonzalez, who I, I, didn't, I didn't know must have hurt his hamstring because they put him on the I.L. Anyway, today. Yeah. According to, yeah, according to Rocco, he uh, had a, uh, a uh, uh, has been, had some tightness in it, and now they decided to DL him. Those uh, popping the pitcher they called up, and Arias, the infielder, they called Dio during the game and said they wanted him. And then uh, they uh, then they popped India, and then they told Poppin and Arias they wanted them at three. They got calls at three o'clock this morning. So wow. anyway, they uh, yeah they brought in three guys today. About four days ago. Jake Cave, uh, Arias, and uh, Ostadio were ripping it up for the uh, for the Rochester Red Wings, and they'd won like nine out of ten, and they were scoring eight runs a game. They're all here and uh, tonight, so uh, things can change, boys. Uh, just keep getting your hits in uh, AAA, and you can show up in the big leagues at a moment's notice. Hey Pat, I believe the stat that I I saw today is Sano now has uh, 19 strikeouts in his past thir- 38 at bats. I thought he might so not. He's average. He's normal. Okay. Yeah, that's good. He's, he's back in stride. What the? Hell? I thought he might not play. I, I thought they might give him a day off, but uh, I guess they decided that Scope would get the day off. Well, uh, they have a lot of. They got Castro lineup. He's left-handed hitter. That isn't the infielder. The little infielder's left-handed hitter, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a left. And and uh, so they. I don't. I don't think they wanted to go super left-handed, so uh, that's that's probably why he's playing. Plus, you know, if he's going to touch a baseball, it's probably going to be against a lefty, right? Although he uh, didn't didn't do that against Price. <laughs> I don't think he's touching too many baseballs these days, Pat. Unless, unless they can get him to stay on the outside pitch, it's never going to change. It's if he keeps yanking off the, you know, if if he just basically swings in the middle of the plate, every time, no matter where the baseball is, he's never going to hit. He's, uh, you know, this is it. Once in a while, they'll hit his bat, and he'll hit a long home run. But if he does not start driving the ball on the outer, you know, six inches and hitting it hard to right center field, he's never going to change. He's he's just a complete fool at the plate. And I heard some people talking today saying, well, you know, talking about his plan, and I said, you really think he's got a plan when he goes to the plate? His plan <laughs> is praying that somebody throws him a cookie and he can hit it 800 feet. He doesn't have a plan. And, they're, you know, James Rouse is the wonderful year he's having as a hitting coach. I tell you, frontal lobotomy, only way. <laughs> to remove the front part of his brain from Miguel Sano? Is that, what you're, right. is that what you're yes. proposing? Yes. 
Yes, front of the bottom. It's it, it's a little gruesome at first when you take that uh, just a little you know, when you take that, that blade and pound it into his forehead. But in the long run, I would help him. But Pat, I I just I, I don't know. I don't see it changing. Do. I, I don't. I don't know. see it changing. I don't know. No, no, and and you know, don't compare him to David Ortiz because Ortiz was never this futile. Yep. Right. Correct. Ortiz was never this futile. He definitely needs, you know, he needs Tom Kelly in the dugout screaming at him to take the ball the other way. That's what he needs. I don't think he'd listen, you Pat. You can't, you can't leave him to his own devices. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't I think, think it's going to work. You know, when he, when he came up, he had great pitch recognition, and uh, you know, he didn't chase everything like a fool when it was off the plate. I don't know what has happened to him. On the bright side, uh, sorry, go ahead, Pat. What? No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, on the bright side, if I told you before last night's game that you got 11 innings of two-run baseball from the bullpen and they kept you in a game for 17 innings, you'd have called me a liar, wouldn't you, Pat? I think uh, everybody would have. I, there, are, there are people near you that are in much more of a panic about this bullpen than me. <laughs> people sitting in the same room as you. I don't know who you're talking uh, about. Much. Yes, I, I don't know either. But I'm actually doing a column on it now. You know that uh, one reason this bullpen is surviving is it's one of the most lightly used in the major leagues. So far, I'm not that surprised. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They I mean, started so been good. Yeah, you got to, you know, you got to look at the, you know, the the, the starting starters innings are I think uh, second highest in the American League. So, hmm. Hey, where, so where did not, sorry, they got three guys they trust? You know, and I, I I got hopes for Duffy too. I think he's throwing the ball pretty good. But but did you guys see when uh, I think we saw the first ass chewing from Wes Johnson? Don't you? Did you see him when he came out? Duffy gave up the hit and then he uh, threw a terrible pitch and Wes Johnson charged out there. And the little fellow that he is, he got as close to him as he could and he was barking at him. I never had a chance to ask about it, but they interesting. Were, this was not the uh, this was not the kumbaya that you usually get from the twins, and they probably wouldn't admit it to you. But he was. Uh, yeah, stop pouting and start throwing the ball is what it looked like. Hey, what? Uh, what why did Blake Parker leave the team? I saw it was a medical Some or family, family deal. situation, and, and, you know, Rocco's not going to tell us that. Just a, a family medical situation, and he did not tell us what it was. Hey, have, have uh, you, But he left. He left Minnesota, I think. Okay. So, to wherever home is. So. Have, you seen anyway. the, have you seen the latest turn in the David Ortiz story? Uh, we've uh, have we identified the uh, hitman, no. the guy who set up the hit. Uh, the author, the uh, the story now is after a press conference today in the D- Dominican Republic. Authorities said David Ortiz was not the intended target of the shooting. They said it was another man who had been at his table. <laughs> so they mistook David Ortiz for the other I, guy. I guess I don't know. I, and I can't believe so that you have a hitman who doesn't know who David Ortiz is. It makes no sense. I already said, Pat, that this seems like the worst hitman in the history of hitmen because he had a clear, yeah, up close shot at David Ortiz, like, and now he's shot the wrong guy. Like this, also seems like Miguel Sano bumping into the cop one day and being his best friend the next. That's what I wanted. And yes, it was just a just a prank. You wonder if somebody's yes. been been uh convinced to change their story so i did not see that i i i think uh i'm just happy that he's in mass general and not in uh 
in uh, whatever county hospital it is in the Dominican uh, being treated after after Miguel Sano's foot. I'm glad he's in Mass. Oh. Yeah, they botched that one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I'm not buying it, but what the hell. I agree. What do I know? I, I, I think that, uh, you know, medical and jurisprudence in the Dominican is a little questionable, I would say. All right, sir. Enjoy the ball game. Are you, uh, you going to join us? I might go home and watch it. I, I lasted 13 last night, and I'm still very tired from it. <laughs> I lasted 13 and said, I got to go. All right, Jen. See you. All right, Thanks, Matt. See you. You're still undecided, huh? Yeah, I might go home and watch it from the couch and fall asleep. I'd feel bad if you went because... But you're but you're doing Wolves stuff tomorrow, and I'm not, so... Derek Wetmore texted me and Manny yesterday and asked if we wanted to go to the game. Yep. And I told him, mark me down as probable. Yep. And then I thought well, about probable, it. Probable, but probable is not certain. Monday, I made a long drive from Wisconsin, and then I caught up on chores after I came home from work. Yesterday, I went out to an open mic right after work. Tomorrow, I have our draft special. I, I so halfway through the day, I was like, "Dude, just stay home for a night." Yeah. But now, if you go after you were there for thirteen innings last night, now I'm now I'm a la- now I'm the lazy piece of crap. Who, yeah, pretty who, much. Who canceled on what more? I'm going for sure then. <laughs> Just to make you feel God, worse. God, I don't like you. Just to make you feel worse. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't <laughs> go. He just doesn't want me to go. Please don't go. For the love of God, please don't go to this game. I don't know, Ronnie. I don't want that on my conscience. I don't know. Jonathan, should I feel bad if Judd goes tonight and I don't? Uh, After telling Are Wetmore, you going to write anything off of I it? I told Wetmore probable. No, we were just going to go watch the game. We were going to do a fan. No. We were going to have a fan experience. Oh, you're going to go as a fan? Uh, yeah, me and Derek and Manny. I don't think Manny went either. I think we both. Did Manny go home? Yeah, I think well, we he's both. got the wolf stuff tomorrow, too. If it was going to be a fan thing, then no, don't worry about it. If you were going to cover it and do some just, video work off of it and then you decided not to do it, then yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. But Judd's gonna write an article. We all know he's gonna write something about it. Judd, I'm almost fifty. I can't. I'm I'm almost forty. I can't be going out three nights. In I'm a row. breaking down here, boys. That's I can't I be late four nights. Four nights in a row. Uh, That's amen. just not. I'm amen, not, brother. I can't do it. Can't do it. I'm I'm not, not capable. Lazy. All right, good. Thank you. Now I feel better. You don't think he is? No. Oh, no. might want to reconsider that a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm going home. All right. All right. Me too. Bye. That's Judd Zelgad, Jonathan Harrison. I'm Rami Makhlouf. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North. Go get that mobile app. It's cool. I'm a conflicted person, Judd. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.